Hey guys, before I take you to today's content, I want you guys to take advantage of our pro web legal services initiative that we have going on right now in the second quarter of 2024. What is that? Well, it's a website that you get 100% full-blown website with one-year maintenance because with SSL certificate, hosting, etc., all for 50% less than the normal cost. This this offer used to be 4500 bucks. We're now giving it to you for 2250. 100%, no strings attached. All you have to do is go to the show notes right now and click on the link where it says Pro Web Legal and you'll get all the information. So until then, enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's that time again. It's Meet the Attorney episode. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to a trademark attorney. And she's going to be breaking down why every single small business and large business, obviously, of course, need a trademark. So without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Marketing Solutions for Local Law Firms, the podcast that provides you with all the latest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. If you are looking to substantially increase your caseload in the next six months, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's the host of our show, the local business guy himself, Frank Deming. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Frank Deming, the local business guy. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Solutions for local law firms. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. I hope you guys are having a rocking, rocking week thus far. Today is Meet the Attorney episode. And today I have a rock of awesome, awesome guests, like I said in the pre-intro. I'm going to, before I introduce you to the guests, I'm going to ask you something. How important is trademarks? I don't know, but the guest that I have does know. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the great Radiance Harris. Hey, Radiance, how are you doing? Hey, Frank, I'm doing swell. Thank you for having me here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I've already said a few things about you in the pre-intro, but in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Sure. So I'm Radiance Harris. I am the founder and managing attorney of Radiance IP Law, and I help emerging businesses protect, monetize, and grow profitable brands with trademarks. I have been practicing trademark law over 13 years, and I've had the privilege of working with both small small businesses, startups, as well as Fortune 200 companies. Um, So My mission is basically to help emerging businesses protect their trademarks, understand the importance of value of their trademarks, and then monetize those trademarks. Okay, good. Now, let me ask you something, uh, because I'm, I'm curious, and I'm sure the audience is curious as well. Why does a small business need a trademark? What, what's, what's the whole value behind it? Sure. 
That's a great question. It's a question I get quite often. I mean, if you the reality is that if when you look at a lot of these like big brand companies that you see today in the marketplace, the Googles, the Amazons, they were once small businesses. So they were just starting out in their two bedroom apartment or in their garage, and they had a big vision for what their business was. And I would say the difference between the companies that you end up knowing today that end up being profitable and reputable and all those things is that at the start of their business, they actually made the investment to trademark. So like the Googles and the Disney's and the Amazons, they actually filed for trademark protection in many cases before they even launched or shortly after launching their business. So at the beginning, they really saw the big vision for themselves and made the investment. And so for small businesses who are just starting out, who have those big audacious goals for themselves, it's important to do that groundwork now. So do it now so that you are able to grow with that peace of mind. You know that you have the legal backing and protection now, because the reality is that small businesses cannot They cannot afford not to protect their trademarks. They can't afford to get into litigation and legal disputes. A lot of them don't have the budget to do that. So it's best to be proactive and and protect those trademarks now so that you can prepare and focus on the future growth that you envision for yourself and your business. Well, what? okay, got got that. But what what should they protect? What should they trademark? Give, give me some examples. Sure. So for those who don't even really know what the heck a trademark is, those people are confused about that. So a trademark <laughs> is basically, it can be a name, it can be a name, it could be a logo, tagline, the name of your product or service, the name of your podcast, your blog name, the name of your annual event. So anything that serves as a source identifier for your products and services. So what that essentially means when people see, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people who are doing exactly what you're doing. So what a trademark does, it allows your prospective clients and customers to distinguish your products and services from theirs. So as a business owner, you want your your business name, your logo, your taglines, you you want it to stand out from everyone else. So that when someone is trying to look for your services and they do a quick Google search, you want to be the only business name that pops up. You don't want them having to go through 20 different names of, wait a minute, these all businesses all have the same name. So it's kind of hard to figure out which one am I want to give my money to. So that's the whole role of a trademark. And so that is something that businesses consider doing. In many instances, businesses have more than one trademarks. So so wait a minute, wait, wait. You said something that caught my attention. Um so if you have, you know, ten companies named, you know, XYZ company, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those companies is trademark. Are you saying that on a Google search only the one that's trademark is gonna come up? Is that what you're saying? Well, no. So what I'm saying is that, well, yeah, ideally, yeah. So like if you are, if you start a business and your name, you come up with something distinctive and you trademark early. So meaning I just launched my business, I trademark it early before there are a bunch of other people in the marketplace with that name. Yes, that would happen. So like with my firm, for example, Radiance IP Law, if you Google Radiance, IP law, I'm going to be the only one to pop up. You're not going to find a radiant law firm. You're not going to find anything like that because I chose a name that's distinctive and I pursued a trademark for it early. Now, on the flip side, there are often clients or businesses that come to me 
after they've been in business 10 years using a certain name. And now they're, when you go and Google, there are like 10 different people with that name, like, or using it in the marketplace in the same industry. So what I'm saying is that when the earlier you pursue a trademark, the more you are preventing other people from coming into the marketplace with your name. So that Mm. when someone does a Google search, you're the only name that pops up. The longer you wait, now you're allowing other people to infiltrate, infiltrate the market with your name without any legal recourse for stopping them from doing so. Mm, got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a distinction. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I understand now. <laughs> Glad I could clarify. <laughs> now, another thing you said there earlier was uh, you said that uh, they, that you could also, I mean, that you should trademark more than one thing. So let's, let's, let's expand on that. Like what, what are the other things other than logo and name and all that stuff? What, what's, what's some of the examples? So I would say most common, like most businesses, like protect your business name, like the brand, meaning the brand that you're using, the doing business as name that you're using in the marketplace in your marketing. Like that's a really important name to protect. Um, a lot of instances, companies will protect their logos if it's, if it's something distinctive. Um, also if there are taglines that are really important or unique to you, you can trademark that as well. The names of your products and services. So I tend to work with a lot of service-based businesses. Um, and so they tend to have different programs or different services, or maybe they have different training programs. The name of those training programs can be trademarked. Um, you can also trademark a book series. So if you are writing books in connection with what you're doing and you have a series, you can, you can, that's something you can protect the name of your podcast. So the name of this podcast is something that could be protected as a trademark. So there are a number of things and it just kind of depends on the business. There's some businesses where they might have very like one or two trademarks, but there's others where they're constantly creating different content and, and um, programming, which would require multiple trademarks. So it kind of just depends. There really is no standard, like you need to trademark X amount of number. It's just dependent upon your, your perspective, business and goals. Okay. Now, um, help me understand the differences on a couple of things. Uh, Cause I get confused between a trademark and an intellectual property or are they one and the same? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey guys, I hope you guys are enjoying today's content. While I have you on here, I want to introduce you to a promo that we have going on for the spring of 2024 for all legal practices throughout the U.S. I have an outstanding offer that we've never been able to offer before, but we want to do it because you have been an avid listener. We're only promoting this to people who listen to the show. So if you're an attorney and you are an avid listener to the show and you're thinking about possibly opening your own practice, you want to pay attention to this. This announcement. We are offering a full website with hosting, SSL certificate, online booking service, online appointment uh, management, and more and much, much more um, with a one year maintenance all for $2,250. That's $2,250 one time fee, and you have a full fledged website. If you want to know more about this, uh, just give us a call at 888-416-7752 or send us an email at info at lbmsllc.com. Just make sure that you heard you, you mentioned that you heard it on the show and we'll definitely 
um, get you that discount. So with that, I'm going to bring you back to the content. Yes. So intellectual property is the umbrella term. And so when you hear intellectual property or or IP for short, it encompasses four different categories. So it covers trademarks, which is protecting your brand, as I mentioned. And then you've got copyright, which protects the content that you create. So videos, um, books, PowerPoint presentations, anything like that. Basically, any artistic human expression is covered under copyright. And then you've got trade secrets, which protects anything that's meant to be confidential or proprietary in your business. So maybe it's a special recipe, a business formula, client um, information. That's all considered like trade secrets. And then lastly, you have patents, which protects inventions. So when you hear intellectual property, it's an umbrella term that encompasses all four of those key areas. But as you see, there's four different types of intellectual property that protect different things. Mm. And you handle all, all of those? No, I primarily handle uh, trademarks and copyright. That's what I specialize in. I do a little bit of trade secret work uh, with respect to like non-disclosures and confidentiality agreements and things of that nature. I do not handle patents. That is something that I refer out. Mm. So copyright, let's talk about that for a minute. So let's just assume um, well, not assume. I do have a book, actually. I don't know if you knew that, but I have a book out. So let's say I want to copyright the book. Is that something that you copyright or that's not? The, yes, that's, not that's not definitely something you would want to copy. So with the thing about copyright, so whoever creates the content, so if you wrote the book, mm-hmm. copyright protection automatically sticks just by virtue of you creating it. So there's nothing oh. more you have to do. You create the work, copyright sticks. You're the copyright owner. However, there are advantages to registering the copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, specifically because if if you ever found out that someone was unlawfully uploading your book on their website or selling it without your authorization, uh, copyright registration is a prerequisite to any kind of enforcement matter. So whether it's a DMCA takedown on the internet or having to send some sort of cease and desist uh, regarding the copyright use of unauthorized copyright, you would need a copyright registration as a prerequisite to do like any enforcement lawsuits. Mm. So that's the caveat. So I typically recommend for my clients, if you're creating content that, so something like a book is important. I think it's of immense value to the business. It's a way that you're able to put yourself out there as an expert. So if someone's like, ripping off that, like that's a pretty big, so that's something that I would always suggest getting, uh, securing copyright registration for. Now for your website content that you might write up or maybe your weekly blog, maybe not unless you plan on licensing it. So like whether you actually decide to like register the copyright of the content that you create, you know, it really depends, but it is something that people should do if it's has the potential to get into a lot of hands. And gotcha. ripped off. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so so all you do, like you said, is trademarks, copywriting, and all that kind of stuff. So what's what's your what's the sweet spot? What's your ideal client profile? What's that look like? My ideal client profile tends to be, I would say, multiple six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure businesses, service-based providers. So I tend to work with a lot of 
like consultants and coaches, consulting companies and coaching companies, technology, healthcare, those tend to be the types of clients that I work with. I do have experience like working across a lot of industries, but from what I've told, what my experience, those tend to be the industries that take their intellectual property very seriously and, and tend to really secure that IP. So I enjoy working with those types of companies. Okay. And I, I, I've done, you know, the whole trademark thing in the past and it, it takes 18 months. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> it's just, um, it, yeah, I would say with COVID it definitely slowed down the process. So when, when the pandemic hit, there was actually like 2020 was like considered like a record breaking year for trademark filings with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Like essentially everybody and their mama was filing trademarks. And so since then, that's slowed down somewhat the process, like, you know, in terms of keeping up with the volume. So it went from the process taking anywhere from like nine to 12 months to more of like the 14 to 18 months process. But it is quite lengthy. A lot of people confuse the trademark process with, oh, I got my LLC. I'm good. You know, you file your LLC paperwork and then you're an LLC in like a day or two. But with the trademark process, that's not the, that's not, you file your application and then you're twiddling your thumbs for nine months before you even hear anything. And then once you do hear anything, there is actual legal work that goes into it before you actually get a registration. So it's quite, you know, there's a lot of steps in the process. Mm. Um, So I, you talked about creating, you know, trademarks for, for, Know, small businesses and all that. But how about, do you get into any kind of disputes? Like, let's say, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to draw up a scenario where someone is trying to say, overtake my trademark or, you know, buy me out or something like that. Do you like, <laughs> do you have like protection for that kind of stuff? Like, cause I've heard overtake. some stories about. Well, are you saying basically, so I, I think it worked. I've heard from you like two different scenarios, right? So you've got okay. the scenario where there's somebody who's a trademark owner. They've discovered that someone is unlawfully losing their trademark. So they're using they find someone in the marketplace who's using a trademark that's similar or identical to theirs in the mm-hmm. same industry. Mm-hmm. And they send them what we call a nasty gram. So a cease and desist letter. So yes, you would want, once you are a trademark owner, it is your duty as the owner to ensure that you continue to maintain those exclusive rights. So one of those things is enforcing that trademark. So sending out cease and desist letters to people who should not be using your trademark without consent. Now, on the other hand, there are opportunities sometimes where you can leverage or monetize those opportunities where you are as a trademark owner, where you can create some kind of licensing deal. So if you find someone in the marketplace who is using it, they're not, you know, using it with your consent, but they're maybe they're using it in a way that would be monetarily beneficial to you. There are opportunities to leverage some kind of licensing deal with them where you're not, or even assign. They, so there's two ways of going about it, getting them to assign the rights to them, getting them either to stop use altogether, assign the trademark rights to you or license. And what license essentially means is that you are give you're maintaining the trademark rights you're licensing your trademark rights. You're allowing them to lease the rights to use your mark for a fee. So there's kind of different scenarios that can work out in such a in such a situation. So that's kind of what I heard from your question. Right. You're, you're, you're spot on. Um, but but I guess 
I guess my my other question to that is, are you an attorney that represents people who are fighting for this or or that's not what you do? Yes. Yeah. So my my background. So my background, I've, I've dealt with a lot of litigation, aggressive litigation and cease and desist and all of that. So before I started my firm, I worked for a big law firm and I represented the big brands that you know and love. And so a big part of my job was protecting and enforcing those big brands. So my background is litigation and enforcement. However, when I started my own law firm eight years ago, I wanted to really focus on protecting my clients, but settling a lot of those cases. So I don't do full-blown litigation anymore. My focus is on really helping the clients, one, like protect themselves, but then also settle it before it escalates the litigation. Because the truth is a lot of small businesses can't, they, they can't afford litigation. It's, it's crazy how much it is. And so I will handle those kind of things, the negotiation, the settlement up until it escalates to litigation. My goal is to not get it to escalate to that. But if it does, then I refer that sucker out. Ah, got it, got it. Or I end up doing a co-counsel relationship with an attorney who it handles litigation and I just kind of function as a, on a consulting strategy level, but yeah. I don't actually handle like the full blown litigation anymore. Makes sense. So if I were to need something like that, if I see someone's using my brand, using all that kind of stuff, I could just reach out to you, right? Absolutely. Or all anyone, things or, trademarks, any any and all brand related matters, reach out to me. <laughs> or, any, or anyone listening to this. Um, so what's the website, uh, Radisson? So my website is radianceiplaw.com. Awesome. Radianceiplaw.com. I will put that in the show notes for everyone to check out. Um, I will also put in uh, your LinkedIn. If anyone wants to connect with you on LinkedIn, you and I are connected on LinkedIn, but you know, that way, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe you can help some other people out here as well. Um, uh, Before I let you go though, is there anything I did not ask you that you think would benefit the audience? I think you asked a lot of great questions. Um, I would say one question that you didn't ask me that I often get a lot is um, why should I hire an attorney versus DIY or legal Zoom? Um, so that's- uh, there's a, by the way, there's a reason why I didn't ask that question. But get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there is, but I would just say that um, the, the benefit to hiring a specialist, particularly a trademark. So if you want help with a trademark matter, it's important to hire a trademark attorney. So not a jack of all trades, business attorney who dibbles and dabbles a bunch of stuff. You want to, you want to work with a specialist because there are certain nuances in trademark law that, you know, the average layman, layperson would not know. And I would also say that um, any kind of legal matter, really, whether it's trademarks or anything related, there's a higher risk level. Um, So if you get into legal trouble, that has a major impact on your business versus, you know, DIYing your website or something, there's lower risk with that. So you definitely, when you're thinking about the legal management business or suing trademarks, it's important to really take advantage of a specialist like myself, not only are we 
specialize in this area, but we will increase your chances significantly of securing a trademark. I know my firm, we have a 99% success rate with our clients in getting the trademarks. So I would just say, hire the specialist to handle your trademark. Don't do the jack of all trades. Don't do the legal zooms and definitely don't try to figure it out on your own. Makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like if you've got issues with your gut you're gonna have you're gonna go to a gastroenterologist you're not gonna correct but you'd be surprised people come to me all the time they're like i got a dwi can you help me no i i can't i can refer you like they assume that attorneys know every every area of law and that's not true yeah it's not true yeah that's right (laughs) but that's awesome (laughs) thanks for I'm glad I asked that question. Thanks for sharing that. And just just a quick side note: the only the only reason why I didn't ask the question is because uh, I I have tried to do my own, <laughs> and it was not a fun process. Uh, but even though I should have just I shouldn't have assumed that anyone else didn't want to know the answer to that. So I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that will probably put an end to this uh, episode I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode as much as I did thanks uh, Radiance for coming and thanks for imparting your knowledge on us Um, until until next week this has been Frank Deming the local business guy and you've just been blessed by the great Radiance Hat take care everyone Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Law Firms, the podcast that provides you with all the latest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. If you would like to know more about the topic we discussed in the show today, reach out to Frank and his team at 888-416-7752 and schedule a discovery call with one of the marketing consultants. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send an email to podcast at lbmsllc.com and we will put you on the schedule. With that being said, until next week, make it a successful digital marketing day. Peace out.